Hey guys, welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick, joined with my two cohorts in crime, April Wilkerson of Wilkerdoos.com and Jay Bates of Jay's Custom Creations.com. And you can find me at NickFerry.com. How is everybody doing today? Good. I thought it was funny because on the last episode I said my real name was June and I had like four or five people comment on my YouTube video saying, hey, June. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. I um, Well, before we get too far into it as normal, uh, I'd like to thank the Patreon supporters over at patreon.com forward slash the woodworking podcast. And the top contributors for this week are Michael Gillitzer and Jim Jardine. So thank you, everybody, over at Patreon.com. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks as always. And if you'd like to support the show on the website, you can go to the, the woodworkingpodcast.com and click the Contribute button as well. But bottom line, thank you for the support. Keeps this uh, snowball rolling. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into the what's going on, formerly known as breaking news. What's going on? <laughs> the funny thing is, um, formerly known as breaking news, like I changed it just, what, two, three weeks ago, and I finally have breaking news. Oh, that's right. Let's Okay, <laughs> let's insert breaking news just for old time's sake. Yeah, Jay, so you got to add that. Oh, I was thinking farmers. I was like, why is he doing the farmers bit? But that's CNN breaking news. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So the big breaking news that I got last night at around 6.30 p.m. Central Time. uh, We got got the approval from the city of Skyatook in Oklahoma to have our woodworking event there in June. So that is concrete June 23rd and 24th in Skyatook, Oklahoma. It's a Friday and Saturday, and it should be absolutely awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, being able to make stuff and, and uh, you know, just a normal hangout or whatever. But, man, I want to bring my workbench. I want to bring one of those 10-foot uh, by 10-foot um, canopies and uh, maybe throw down something on the floor if, if the ground isn't uh hard enough to stop the workbench from rocking around but i want to make something all out there you know get other people involved it'll be a lot of fun definitely that's a good idea about the canopy i have one as well so i'll br- i'll write that down to to bring and ted inform me you're gonna bring a, a vehicle april yeah i didn't really get why that was such a big deal but i mean of course i'm bringing my chevy well i just didn't know how far of a drive is that for you I don't know, probably uh, now where I'm at, it's probably going to be around seven to eight hours, I imagine. That's uh, just because that's a, a fairly substantial drive in an older vehicle that doesn't have all the creature comforts. Oh, no, it's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to upgrade the seatbelts definitely before uh, going. But what we'll probably do is I'll drive up to Fort Worth and then stop for the night, visit family and friends, drop off Cody, and then he can roam around with his four-wheel buddies for the weekend, and then the next day. So I'll, I'll break it up over two days, but that way I can bring my vehicle and a whole bunch of, like what Jay says, I'll throw in whatever, a miter saw and a job site saw maybe. I mean, I have an eight-foot bed, so maybe even a few sheets of plywood or who knows, but I mean, we're definitely building something, right? Oh, for sure. Um, the last time I laid it out for the, the city manager, the, the as far as like the, the site map, it's a minimum of each YouTube channel will have a 20 foot by 20 foot. Essentially, it's a booth, but it's it's not. It's just kind of a, 
uh, you know, reserved area. It's, I think, seven acres, something like that, and that of room that we have. That would be, like, max space. I mean, I wouldn't want to be spread out so far. I mean, we, we could cluster and, and group together and all that stuff as well. Yeah. But that would be, like, yeah. maximum amount of space. That's just the reference of how much space is there. It's going to be uh, quite a bit of real estate to play around on, I guess you could say. Yeah, basically, if you want to use that amount of space, it's there for you to use. And if you had special, um, you know, requirements, I could even get more. Like Ted's got the big bandsaw mill. We got a guy um, that's ninety nine percent sure from um, the New York area that's got like a thirty inch diameter circular saw mill that he's bringing uh, all the way from New York and stuff. So I mean, if you have, um, you know, you need a special amount of space that can be arranged. But it's yeah, um, that's why I mentioned April's truck, because she can pull her truck right into the, the little spot where she's at. You can set up a bench. You could bring, you know, miter saws, table saws, band saws, all that good stuff. And like you said, just build to your heart's content. That's what I I was so looking forward to this, and it, it took forever to get the approval. But at least this way, um, you know, when people are kind of walking around, they can see... You know, I, Braxton's bringing his big, huge lathe that's like 600 pounds. And just, yeah, just basically have fun for the weekend, you know, Friday and Saturday, just building and making whatever. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, the, but I like the idea of the canopy. That's a really golden idea. Hey, maybe we could do, like, building for good. Like, if uh, if it's, like, a local park or something. Sorry, the clocks are going off. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I... We had, we had talked about that possibly having, um, you know, if we were going to build, say, a bunch of picnic tables, we might be able to even leave them there right at the property, kind of one of that, yeah. that old adage of leave the space better than you found it. Exactly. And Ted and I were talking last night about what we would do for kids because we, we had tossed around the idea of like a bouncy house and stuff like that. And I said it would be cool. And now, granted, all this stuff is in the preliminary. I should have something in the next few days. I'll make sure to announce that. So don't, uh, you know... Ad- there's going to be a lot of questions that have to, you know need answers, and I'm going to try and address those kind of as they come. But um, so expect more information in the next maybe week. But when we were talking about the kids stuff, we might see if some a channel wanted to volunteer and make you know like 20 or 30 birdhouses or something simple, and that way we could have like a, a kid station to where they could finish painting the projects and and stuff like that. So a lot of cool ideas being bounced around. That'd be cool. Right on. And then the the uh, property also has a couple of facilities on site. What are those exactly? Facilities. I was thinking uh, bringing a hammock. I mean, hammocks and tents, right? Oh, you know what we could build is stuff that fits in the back of the truck. You know what? It, like those um, makeshift sleepers, I guess, that people can like racks essentially that you can throw in the back of your truck and then throw an air mattress on top of that way you have a, a, a place to sleep whenever you're camping. Yeah. There you go. And speaking of hammock, I was joking around with Braxton last night. He goes, he goes, I'm going to attach a hammock from my lathe to the back of my truck, and that's where I'm going <laughs> to sleep. And I said, well, there you go. Then I'll put an off-center turning in there, and that'll be your alarm in the morning when it starts vibrating. <laughs> but, but oh, and speaking of Braxton, too, I wanted to mention this, because if, if you guys are into wood turning or, um, you know, that type of thing, and obviously you're into podcasts if you're listening to this. But my friend Braxton Worthlin, along with Jason Rausch and Carl Jacobson, started a Wood Turners only, essentially, podcast named Wood Turners Anonymous. And I'll make sure to leave a link in the show notes. As far as I know, that's the only wood turning specific podcast out there. So that, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's neat. Good info. Yeah. 
Hey, so when are when are we gonna? Well, or what are what are the facilities that you were talking about? Um, as far as the property itself, yeah. Like, or is there local hotels that people are gonna get? Or are we really really doing the the tent and hammock thing? Because I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, basically all the you know the YouTube channel. And by the way, it's open to any YouTube channel that that's making or creating things. Um, there's obviously going to be a lot of people that are woodworking based, but. Um, it's not necessarily exclusive to that. So whether you have one or 1 million subscribers, you're welcome. And like I said, I will, I'll have a lot more details to follow on that. But, uh, so all the, basically the, you know, the, the woodworker, the YouTubers, I should say, um, you can camp right there, right on site. There's plenty of area for us to do so. And that way, uh, you know, we can set up the day before and all that good stuff. And, uh, we're going to have porta potties on site and all that stuff. Cause there's no, um, what do you want to call it? Like in-ground plumbing, but there's a, a nice little pavilion that's got to be about 45 foot square next to kind of a stage area. They, they hold a bluegrass festival there like a three weeks previous. And, uh, yeah, just, and, and but I, I talked to a couple other YouTubers who aren't into the camping thing and they're, they're like 15 minutes, not even from Tulsa, which, you know, tons of hotels there. And then there's one town, um, that's like five minutes down the road that there's lodging and I'm gathering all that information as well as a casino that has, I believe like a hundred rooms that is right down the road. So, um, uh, plenty of, plenty of places to stay. And, uh, if you guys want to just kind of come out and, and talk shop and, and all that good stuff, there'll be plenty of places to stay. We uh, should put local. together like a recommended to bring list, like folding chairs, uh, a canopy. You know what I mean? Cheese it. Oh, for sure. A, a cooler, cheese it. Yeah. If you want access to Jay Bates' booth, you must bring cheese it. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's funny. There, that would be a photo opportunity if all of a sudden you had like a, a pyramid of cheese it's at your booth. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't complain, but yeah. No, I'm going to Jay's booth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as all this information comes in, um, where can everybody find it? Are you going to put it on nickferry.com or on uh, videowoodworkers.com? I'll, I'll put it on videowoodworkers.com. Nothing's up as of right now. We were just kind of iron. Well, we were pretty excited to get the news last night, but we were just ironing out all the details and stuff. And hopefully within the next week or so, I can have you know new web pages and stuff put at videowoodworkers.com. And have all that you know information available as soon as you know we can come up with it. Like I said, we're we're trying to get people to uh, uh, you know put together a list of like hotels and and local places to stay and uh, rental car companies. Uh, check and see if there's an Uber and many Ubers in the area and stuff like that. Uh, we're trying to talk to the casino if uh, if the people decide to stay there, they have a shuttle bus if they could shuttle back and forth uh, to the uh, to the to the grounds. It's 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 a nice piece of land. It's it's gorgeous. It's like I said. I think it's like seven acres, and we actually have more room if we need it. It's just there's like a concrete or not concrete. Sorry, uh, a gravel road that's I want to say about a quarter of a mile around, and we're gonna set up essentially areas in the center, and then we have room for it on the outside. And is there um, a burn ban? Is there a no no Good. they. Uh, yeah, we can we can have bonfires at night or whatever you got to do. Cool. We'll tell people you have a guitar. Bring your guitar or well, fiddle you or you know <clears throat> what I mean. That would be. It just sounds like an amazing weekend. I can't wait. Yeah, and like I said, still ironing out a lot of it, but um, we're thinking like the hours for Friday would be something like 
11 a.m. to maybe 6 or 7 p.m. And then Saturday, we'd just start a little bit earlier in the morning. And yeah, it's just it should be an absolute awesome time. Trying to get as many YouTube channels involved as possible, so stay tuned for that. And I believe there's um, an email list on videowoodworkers.com. If you want to sign up for that, that way you make sure you don't miss anything. Yeah, as the information is published, uh, if you are on the videowoodworkers.com email list, then you'll get uh, new information. We're not going to spam you with a ton of emails, just major updates and major information. So that's one way to uh, keep track of all this as as the the details develop. Uh, but man, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, and I should I t I totally forgot about this. I mean, we record the podcast a couple days early, so there's actually a very good chance if you go to videowoodworkers.com right now uh, that all that information will already be out there. At least a lot more information. Yeah. That's just I'm I was just just happy as as can be last night when I got that information. I think it's awesome. I cannot wait. Thanks for putting it together. Yeah. Should we go into normal news now? <laughs> normal news. I had a, <laughs> I had kind of a funny one. Um, we'll just say that that I and this is truly not me, but that I have a friend that that told me about every tool store, whether you know big box store or that they all have tool rental programs. And I said that's I've never never seen a tool rental program at at Harbor Freight. And he was saying, well, if you keep your receipt uh, and you only need the tool for less than 30 days, then then they have a rental program. <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's so shady. <laughs> that is so wrong. It totally made me laugh, but I was like, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, wrong on so many levels, but I know of some people who do that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, still pretty funny, though. <laughs> That's the only other breaking news that I had. Well, for me today, I've uh, I, I, the worst thing for me to do is watch a couple YouTube videos before I start the day because I get easily distracted, you know. Uh, but I watched Andy Klein's Fast Travel Vice update. I think it's the third rendition of it or fourth, I think third. Anyway, well, it's it's awesome to not only see somebody else invent stuff, but to see their thought process and see their how they work out the bugs and what, what they're thinking of would be the better approach and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he said that there's a couple of issues with this, with this current mock-up and he's, he's working on the next, um, next version of the design, but I could not get that out of my head at all this morning. I have not done anything that I'm supposed to do, uh, before noon. It's, it's noon, noon right now. <laughs> I almost said noon o'clock. It's noon o'clock right now. Um, but yeah, I was I was messing around in SketchUp trying to work out the bugs that he was having, and then I went out in the shop and was I just couldn't get it off my my mind. And uh, emailing him back and forth with some stuff, and uh, he brought up some valid concerns with what I had, and it just ah, uh, the the whole design process is so much fun, especially when you're working with something that's you know engineering based rather than just trying to design a piece of furniture. You know, there's a lot of problem solving involved. And um, it's been a little while since I've done any of that, and I just got totally sucked into it this morning and wasted. I don't want to say wasted time because it was somewhat productive, but it was nothing that I had on schedule. Um, so yeah, I'm behind schedule right now. I know exactly what you mean, though. I like uh, I like doing the same thing. I don't get to do it very often with too many of the pieces that I build, but I I enjoy thinking this is what I have, this is what I needed to do, and then once I get those kind of 
variables figured out, then I figure out what else can I possibly incorporate into this just to make it a tad bit more useful or functional, you know? And, um, and then once you figure that out, how do you, how do you incorporate them? I, I, I really enjoy doing stuff like that as well. So I, I totally get what you're, what you're talking about. But what what were you trying to get out to the shop to do? Those chisel handles or something yeah, else? Yeah, the chisel handles. Well, I've got some other um, just uh, side channel small stuff that I, I just want to knock off the list more than anything. Um, so those have been back and forth. But it was supposed to storm today, and it's not storming. It's actually sunny and bright. So I was like, all right, let's switch gears and roll the lathe out in the driveway and, and turn some stuff. But as you know, I haven't done that yet. Um, the second you do, it's going to start raining. Oh man, I hope not. As soon as this <laughs> podcast is over with, I'm going to go outside and, and, um, get rolling on it. Unless of course it rains. So we'll see. Anyway, we'll see. It was the same here. Uh, the weatherman kept saying chance of rain, 40%. It's going to be overcast and rainy all day. So I'm like, well, shoot, there goes my carport. So I guess I'll work on more ax heads. So I started making some more little ax keychains. And then it didn't rain all day long. So, so then I was like, okay, going to move to that carport. And then they're like, oh, no, no, today it's going to rain. It's sunny as heck outside. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? Mechanics and weathermen are like the only two professions where you can consistently be wrong on a regular basis and not expected. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like you don't have, like you don't have your butcher come out and be like, you know, that that steak was a little bit harder to cook than I originally anticipated. It's going to be twice as twice as expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I noticed that butchers don't cook at chefs. Anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm not supposed to laugh at any of your jokes. I had three people from the last <laughs> podcast send me links to cricket noises. It was so funny. So every time Nick tells a joke, I'm not going to laugh, and I'm going to insert the cricket noise. <laughs> Wow. I'll, I'll laugh at your jokes, Nick. And then All I'll right. also laugh at yours, Jay. Yeah, there we go. Jay's going to turn into a grumpy curmudgeon. Yeah, a grumpy video <laughs> or audio editor. Oh, yeah. So what do you have going on, Nick? Um, I've, I've been, well, I, I released that mallet video that was super long. It was like 32 minutes. Um, fairly well received, though, which is really cool because... People said that it was more like they were out in the shop with me type feel. And that's kind of what I was going for. Um, there was really nothing to edit out. That was a fun project, though. It, it's simple. It, it, a couple people suggested, oh, you should make the, you know, mallet more fancy and all this. It's it's really meant to be, you know, useful and practical and not look like a, a courtroom gavel. But uh, I, I didn't uh, adorn it with any, you know, major, you know, beads and OGs and just... But that had got me that bug for lathes back, and I've been turning some bowls, uh, posting them on my Instagram and whatnot, but uh, probably five or six bowls now in the last two days, three days. So that's been that's been a whole lot of fun. The last yeah, I've one seen I did it on Instagram, all of the lathe work you've been doing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Just to, I don't know, it's been, it's been relaxing. Last night, I think I was out there till about midnight uh, on that one one. On that one one. On that one bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty early but, for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... I don't I don't know if that's too loud for my neighbor or not, but uh, yeah, who knows? I don't think it is. I think it's pretty quiet. Nah, I think he's good. I think you're good. I like the style of that video, though. Like they said, it was more like you're you're in the shop with somebody. It was a, it was a good conversation. It felt like the, it flowed to where it was 
easy to engage with you in the video. However, it's just the one-sided, you know, a video is one-sided conversation, but it felt like it was easy to engage with you and uh, more more of a loose structure uh, New Yankee Workshop style video, you know, where it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just it's just a unique approach, and I, and I, I enjoyed watching it. Thanks. It, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to do it very often or even again, but it was a, it was a fun change of pace. And I, the, the positive feedback was really nice because they were saying, you know, this, this would have normally probably gotten cut out and I didn't know to do it this way or, or why this would have gotten done. That's kind of the bummer to editing stuff down to six or seven minutes is, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a professional at this by any means, so I don't know what to include, what not to. And my wife is often the one that has to come out and go, oh, that's kind of cool. I never seen you do that before. Or, or why does it do that? And I'm like, well, that's, Okay, I guess I'll include that then. And Jay, what do you have going on besides not doing chisel handles? I guess you're going to move to that today. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do next, chisel handles. And then what are you going to do? Um, something else that's on the list. Oh, okay. <laughs> chisel handles is next on the list, and then I got some small stuff, uh, those second channel videos to knock out. Mm-hmm. Just a couple little tchotchke type things. Just some, oh wait, bad joke. <laughs> Hashtag not laughing. <laughs> All right. Hashtag curmudgeon. <laughs> I would not have spell it, so. Quick question from uh, Ben. He says, I have a two-car garage that has old chipboard that has been stained a dark brown. For some time, I've thought about tearing it out and sheetrocking it, but lately I've thought maybe it would hold up better. Uh, maybe... Maybe wood would hold up better. Maybe OSB painted white. My question is, if you had a choice, what would you choose? And do you see a positive or negative to either? Chipboard is OSB, I thought. Or is he talking about particle board? Must be talking particle board then. Yeah. If you have MDF or particle board, I would definitely recommend switching it. Although if you're going to go through the effort of re-sheeting your walls... Or reskinning your walls, I would definitely go with. I would recommend either plywood or OSB. I had OSB in my last shop, and it was wonderful to just be able to throw in a screw anywhere along the walls because a lot of miscellaneous stuff, like my push sticks, and um, I can't even think of right now, like my screw box holder, I could just put it directly into the wall, like using pocket holes or straight screws, and hang it up. And then heavier items, then I would actually locate the stud. Uh, a lot of people recommend painting it white. It will definitely give you better light reflection, but I just prefer the look that the OSB gives the shop. So in my new shop, I'm going to be going with, with OSB and leaving it unpainted. Yeah, and another option you could do would be if if you know of a certain area of the shop that you're going to want like a tool wall or you know, maybe hand tools or just a lot of items, you could just do that particular area in like a three-quarter inch regular plywood and you get a little bit more holding power than the OSB, but you're not going to want to OS or you're not going to want to apply with the whole thing. That's going to, that's going to get pretty expensive. And you know, chances are you'll probably just do drywall on the ceiling. I mean, in, unless you, I mean, you could do OSB as well. But yeah, I agree with April. It's it, not not having to you know use drywall anchors for anything in the shop because just about everything in the shop is going to be heavy, or or it's going to be something you don't want to fall. You know, you don't want a big tenon jig, you know, falling, crashing to the ground at like 30 or 40 pounds, whatever they are. So. Yeah. And with that, it's a good point. I mean, uh, the plywood is going to, I guess, have better holding power. But in my three 
plus years in that shop. I've never put anything in the OSB that it didn't handle. So OSB is definitely going to run you cheaper. I would uh, completely disagree with my two amigos here. And dun, dun, I would, dun, dun, dun. I would say um, sheetrock. It uh, helps a lot be- better with um, fire resistance. And I haven't run into an issue where I can't hang anything on the wall. Either hit the studs or put up some type of hanger like a French cleat amongst many studs. Or if I want to cluster a bunch of small hanging items, then just slap a piece of plywood on the wall for a tool wall or something like that. Um, I haven't priced sheetrock or OSB in a long time. Sheetrock's more expensive, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, when you say it's it's going to help with the fire resistance, it, <laughs> there's like no comparison. The wood's going to burn up. The sheetrock is fire resistant. Like it's actually I, by by code. I, like I I took I tore down all of the sheetrock in Cody's attached garage in the last home and and replaced it with OSB just for the convenience of having OSB. But it's actually against code. So depending on where your shop is, you might also want to look into your codes because it might be against code to re- to not have up sheetrock. Yeah. I, for the fire resistance quality. And and for the vast majority of things, like s- smaller items, you can still pop a, uh, a finished nail into the drywall on an upward angle and hang stuff. Like I hang my um, my precision straight edge, my uh, just regular uh, level, and some other miscellaneous long stuffs right into the drywall, no studs needed. Um, more more labor getting it, you know, finished and painted and all that stuff. Um but that's where my vote's going to go. That's actually what I opted to do in mine. And we should note, too, um, if you do have your sheathing down, check for you know drafts, gaps, anything like that. Maybe possibly even adding a vapor barrier, depending on how, you know, or insulation in spots. Or get some of that expanding foam to, uh, you know, fill any cracks and stuff like that. You know, it, and insulate everything, whether it's going to be a conditioned space or not. You'll just you'll thank yourself. You're you're, you're not going to go. Oh man, I'm, I'm more comfortable in here. I wish I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Wait a minute, no laughing. <laughs> oh, you screwed up. Yeah, I I get your point. Um, I don't know. I just run so many things, especially over like by my table saw. I'm thinking about like my brass bars that come in the container. I just I left them in the container and just threw a screw quickly into the wall. The decorative things like a saw I got from Jimmy and. Um, I forget what else, a saw blade that I tripped on the saw stop with a scrap piece of board. Like I just ran a screw into the wall and never even have to think about it. I just throw it up immediately. I don't know. I just think the convenience of OSB completely beats out sheetrock. But I don't don't know. You have a point, Jay. I think either route you go, definitely look into painting it a bright color. Maybe it doesn't have to be stark white because that'll, you know, get show dirt and stuff a lot you know, quicker, but something to reflect what it, whatever light you have going on, you could have the best lighting in there possible. I, I, that, and I think it's just more cheerful. I think we talked about that in in one of the podcasts where daylight balance stuff has been linked to like anti-depression type things. And (laughs) at least, uh, at least around by me, you know, people can kind of get that cabin fever. Not Not only that, I think it gives your shop a cleaner look too, you know? Yeah. It's not so great for, I, I don't think it's so great for recording video in there, having everything so white, because you get so many spots that are blown out if you expose for, like, whatever your clothes you're wearing or skin tones. Uh, but that that's a topic for a whole other day. That's video editing, video stuff. Yeah, I just really, I like the vibe that the OSB puts out. I just think it looks very shoppish. 
See, I, yeah, that's weird because I. You like the walls? I, I remember my friends giving me crap because I, I framed out with maple trim the window in my shop after I drywalled and textured it. And they're like, this is ridiculous. This is a garage. And I'm like, I spend a lot of time out here for me to just, you know, have it looking like the service door to the house and have everything uniform and wood with the warm tones. And I just, you know, might as well be happy out in your space, especially if you're out there a lot, even before the YouTube thing. Just about every Saturday I was out there for, you know, six, seven hours putzing around. Because I know when Jay moved into his new shop, his current one, the, we were going back and forth on shop floor coating. And so there's a, there's a lot you can do. Um, I, I was fortunate enough, a buddy of mine owns a floor coating company, and I did, did some work in exchange, and he coated my floor, and I absolutely love it. But Yeah, that's a personal preference thing, though, like the product that is down on your floor looks great. It's the, whoever installed it, it looks like they did a great job. Um, but me personally, I, if it's a woodworking shop, I would prefer to not have that in there. Any other thing that I would do in the garage, I would prefer to have assist the floor like you have, but for wood, uh, I just slide around too much on it. I slid around a little bit on your floor. I'm not used to it though. You are used to it. And I'm sure that doesn't bother you at all. Um, but I would prefer to just have a floor I could drop stain on and not give a crap and, and just, you know, the sawdust I'm not going to slip on. But I think that's more of a woodworking connection rather than than just a general garage correct, correct connection. Let's speak, Jay. Speak properly. In, a, in an ideal world, I do a lot of theater work and most of the, the well-set-up theater shops have wood and like a double plywood uh, floor that way you can screw theater flats and jacks and everything just directly on, as you would screw them to the stage floor and i would love that it's a lot softer on the feet legs and knees but just to be able to oh i need this temporarily braced zip a screw in the, in the floor and be done with it I, I i really that would be my idea ideal situation if, if we were talking dream shop which we have and you can go back to the podcast library and check that out I don't know if I have a preference. Um, I guess I do. I like I like the concrete. I've spilt a whole gallon of paint before on my floor, and um, I didn't really worry about it. I just kind of like mopped it up, and there was a big old stain afterwards, and it was fine. But I noticed the same thing. I'm just not used to your shop floor, and so if there was sawdust on the floor, then I was just slip around just a little bit. Which your is yours the non-slip type? Uh, well. That's that's I mean the the part about having it professionally done is you can do various different formulations. I think it's basically silica sand, but the more non-slip that you add, the dirtier it becomes and the harder it is to clean. So I opted for kind of a, a fairly light on the silica sand and like yeah I'm I'm just used to it. But when it comes to like you said spilling paint, yeah I, I had a buddy of mine spill a whole quart of flat black paint like a year ago. And I just wiped it up with a with a rag, and it was all good to go. Nothing stained or anything like that. It's oh, okay. gasoline resistant, and I mean carbon choke cleaner, brake cleaner hasn't touched it. Now, granted, this is professional. I think it's a polyurea, is the actual chemical. It's not an epoxy floor, but very similar, I guess, to an epoxy floor as far as appearance. I mean, this has got a lot more chips in it than. I'll I'll put a picture of it in the show notes in case anyone's interested in my floor. Hey, um. While we're chatting, I'm going to be putting some staircases or, or like a rebuilding a front porch stairs, and I'm going to be having to put it into 
asphalt instead of concrete. Y'all know anything about going into asphalt? Mm, it's softer. I don't know if it'll hold. You're talking yeah, about like exactly. You can't you can't use asphalt as you're resting the stair stringers on the asphalt. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I'm, I need to. My dad's about to have knee replacement surgery, and so the the front porch steps are too. Uh, one, the tread's not deep enough to where he can't get a full foot on, and then also they're just a little bit too high, and it's like seven and a quarter uh, rise, and I'm going to knock it down to six. And so, therefore, I'm going to have to make more steps, which push, pushes it past the concrete pad and into the asphalt. So right at the bottom of the stringers, cut the actual height of the stringer down a little bit and recess some galvanized screws in the bottom of it for leveling feet, but then put a piece of either steel or um, galvanized steel, something to widen the impact of that that lag head onto the actual piece of um, asphalt, and then use the screw to level it nice and neat. What? (laughs) Basically, at the bottom bottom of the stringer, if if, if it is... If it is assembled appropriately, so it's touching the asphalt, re- remove about an inch of height off the bottom of the stringer, and then screw in from the bottom side some galvanized lag screws. Mm-hmm. Those will act as leveling feet. However, if you just put those onto the asphalt, they're going to dig in and sink because the asphalt's a little too soft. So on top of the asphalt, put a piece of metal of galvanized so- something to distribute the weight of the lag head so it doesn't dig into the asphalt that way you don't Uh, have you don't have stringer contact with the ground it'll prolong the life of the stringer and you can also dial in the height exactly as needed to make every sure make sure everything's level i don't uh but how is it secured because i don't want the stringer going like this because you have those self like leveling feet what's to keep them from walking well as long as you have it secured to the uh to the house or whatever else it is right on the back end but what about the front end like the back of the stringers is going to be attached to the porch. Then the front end, the typically the way that the do is, well, I've only built one set of stairs in my life, so maybe I don't know. But the stringers came down like this, and then I cut out a notch where then I put like a, a, a toe plate, and I secured that to the concrete pad at the base. And then the stringers came up, and like that notch uh, came in and rested on that, that, toe, that toe kick or that toe plate. And so this plate is secured to the concrete, um, and then the stringers are secure to, to that to that plate. You you may want to check code to make sure if it's necessary to to secure the front side. Mm-hmm. But as long as you have the back side, the top side, how many steps we're we talking about here? Like, like three five. or four. Yeah. As long as you have the back side properly secured to a structural foundation to to the structure, and everything else is built solidly, all the all the the treads will prevent racking left and right. Mm-hmm. The only thing you'd have to worry about is someone catching their foot and it lifting up a little bit, which I don't see that being a problem. My front porch is the same way. It's attached to the, the, uh, the stairs. The top of the stairs are attached to the front porch, but the bottom is free-floating with some leveling feet. It's not okay. like attached to like posts going into the ground or anything okay. like that. I didn't realize that. Okay. And something to try and remember too you said he had like knee surgery mm-hmm. um typically your tread overhangs your um your one plate um your riser essentially it, you can make that flush that way if he's like dragging his foot yep. he doesn't catch his toe on it mm-hmm. but um i think there's like certain variances that you can get away with um 
through the Americans with Disabilities Act for basically just for for access like that. So I, I would look into that too because yeah. I think some of, some of the codes are a little flexible when it comes to that. I have. I've looked up the best rise and run for uh, people who've just had knee surgery and also elderly and uh, disabled. So, I mean, even though... He, he, I mean, I guess he is considered elderly. He's in his 60s, but he's he's still young and fine and able to get around. He just has a bum knee. And so, um, but yeah, just going to replace him to, to where it's a little bit easier to walk up and down. So I'm going to be going with a six inch rise and an 11 inch run. And looking around, it seems like that's pretty much the standard. And even though it's only an inch shallow or inch and a quarter shallower than what it is, people apparently say it, it really makes a big difference. And anytime that they're building a staircase for elderly or disabled people, then that's the rise and run that they go with. Yeah. And for the base, you might want to look into, if, if you're really concerned about it, um, just putting a small concrete pad or even concrete block and then, you know, uh, the problem embedding that, it. Or Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say embedding it or whatever, but it, unless you unless you do your you know your gravel and, and your pack everything properly, that little concrete pad can sink you know just as much as some of the other options. Well, and the bad thing is, is they have the concrete pad where the staircase currently is, but then it goes into the asphalt from where the like drive was poured, and so I would have to remove all that dry that asphalt, then do the concrete, and unfortunately, I just don't have that much time because I have to get it done this week, so. I was just looking. I like I like the steel plate idea. I think uh, Jay, because then what I could do is actually secure that to the asphalt, and if I wanted to, and then like what you were saying, I like I like the lag bolts for, or not lag bolts, but the carriage bolts for adjusting feet. That's a pretty good idea. Lag screws, or you could use uh, galvanized carriage screws or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, that way it has the round head. Yeah, it's been around for. I've seen that long long time so it's it's proven to work so you'll be you'll be good cool thanks for that input guys all right so before we wrap this up um for those of you guys following april you want to run through your schedule coming up of where you're gonna be oh man yeah i have to look it up myself i'm gonna be going all over the place i'm gonna be leaving on the 21st and flying out to london and let's see i believe my first stop is gonna be in new york or newark i can't even say it newark Winthrow in the UK. It's going to be Midlands Woodworking and Power Tools show. That's going to be March 24th and 25th. Then from there, I'm going to be going over to Germany to uh, see Laura. And actually, that's going to be really fun because I believe Jocko whatever is coming over from from Italy as well. So I'm going to be uh, doing a little meet and greet with them at a local pub uh, March 29th in Cologne, Germany. Then from there, I'll be going over to Ireland, which is really cool. So and I'm going to be in Ireland at the Carpentry Store in Nays, um, April the 1st. April the 1st evening, going to be going into Dublin to do a, a meet and greet at a some sort of pub. Still need to pick out the pub. Then I'm going to be going over to Somerset um, in the UK. I guess that's yeah somewhere in the UK. <laughs> I'm not really sure what part, but that's going to be April 7th and 8th at the Yandles Woodworking Show. And that's it. And then I would be coming back home. And then you started it on the shop. Uh, no, then I go to um, Chicago for <laughs> <laughs> for a Rockler event. Then I come back and then I'm going to be going to Atlanta again for a Home Depot event. Then I'm going to be going over to California for Maker Fair. Then I'm going to be coming back and going to Oklahoma for our event. And then I'm going to be going to Vegas in July for the 
big woodworking show there. And, and then, then I probably started on, on the, the shop. Sh- <laughs> on the shop, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, safe travels with all that. That's, uh, Thanks. I'm trying to, that's one thing I'm trying to avoid this year is traveling as much as possible. I, I am going to the Oklahoma thing, but I think that's it. Uh, but anyway, we want to uh, remind you that there's a couple different ways you can stay up to date with the podcast. You can go to the woodworkingpodcast.com and click on the, the not the contribute button. What is it? The three clickable buttons up at the top to subscribe on Android RSS. RSS I mean, heck, you can click on the iTunes. contribute button. Exactly. I'll hold it against you. <laughs> right. And if you'd like to support the podcast, then you can click on the contribute button while you're there. Or you can go to patreon.com slash the woodworking podcast. Any help is always very much appreciated. And it is what funds our little venture here. So uh, thanks for all of that continued support. And thanks for all the previous support. Uh, that's it. So we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. See you all next time. Later.